My artist name is Lynx. Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, I've, as I said before, yeah, I've been doing music for quite a while. I am a singer, songwriter, and producer, and have been releasing music since 2015. I teach voice lessons. I do commission work and, and work with uh, children uh, doing early music childhood development. Um, and my music, I guess you could describe it, you could put it sort of under the umbrella of perhaps like experimental pop or so. Yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would say like alternative pop would probably be. Yeah, it like <laughs> ranges from like angry and heavy stuff to more like chill indie stuff to like completely dream pop stuff. So it's sort of all over the place, but whatever you're in the mood for, there's probably something for you on, on my page. Yeah, there's this that song you're doing with the music video that has like the fingernails and the um, you collaborated with yes. the producer for that one. Um, that one was like crazy. There was almost like a dubstepy kind of drop or something. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, it's completely yeah, different from your other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So and I'm, we're actually so that um, I collaborated with Ch uh, Chris Barry on that child call him child, um, and we we collaborate a lot. Um, and that one is probably one of my favorite collaborations. Um, that that was a really fun project to do. Yeah, we yeah. both kind of wanted to do something that was just like super dirty, like just a dirty bass and like that, <laughs> those dirty synths and just make it just like throw a whisper on there. And and then also yeah. juxtapose it with like this ethereal vocal for the verses to kind of give it this weird light and dark. Yeah. Vibe. <laughs> but the yeah, whole yeah. we're working on an album right now and um, a lot of it, it's kind of steering in that direction. Nice, nice. So, uh, you know, we're going to cover a lot of things over the, over the course of this. Um, so, you know, you, you do, you're on streaming sites, of course, and I like just to kind of throw everyone some numbers around, like you got, you know, like 42,000 monthly listeners and 5,000 followers on Spotify. You have a YouTube channel where I had the wrong page pulled up. You got like 2,200 subscribers on there. You talk a lot about, I guess, a mixture of your, mu you cover your music. You also cover like your process for making music. You also done some marketing stuff, which is how I, initially find you, you were just kind of sharing um, things you've tried and the wins yes. and the failures along the way. Um, exactly. That's <laughs> what it's all about. <laughs> and uh, you also, when you're on TikTok, um, doing a similar kind of thing on there, you're every social media, et cetera. And you, you I believe you do shows, right? Because I, I saw your website, you had like a show listed. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing really chill sort of things right now, just like playing around around Massachusetts uh, yeah. at like restaurants and wineries, breweries, very low key. Um, but I'm hoping to get back into doing like um, some, some of like the more electronic stuff once mm. the surges. Nice. I don't know when it's less intense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's yeah, ever. The, the COVID situation yeah. I'm sure makes that really complicated. It's so complicated, yeah. Very, very complicated. So I think maybe like a nice place to start would be um, out of everything you've done to promote your music, if you had to pick like one of the things or two of the things you've tried that have been like the most worth your time, what would you say that that would have been? Okay, the <laughs> most worth my time. That's a really good question. Yeah, um, it might be tricky to, <laughs> to think I know, about. I have to think of that one. Think about it because there are so many avenues that you can take. And a lot of the times I feel like artists, we just choose every single one. You know, and you have to figure out what works for you personally, of course. But um, 
after trying quite a lot of things that I, I talk a lot about that on my YouTube channel. Like I've tried the playlist promotion. Don't do it. I've done, <laughs> I've tried like the Facebook ads I have done, which, um, genuinely helped build my Instagram the most. I think that's the most that I got out of it. And, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, how I chose to do it. It depends a lot on so many factors as you go over. Um, but that mostly helped Instagram numbers as opposed to translating to actual streams for me personally. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that's the route I would go, but the, the biggest thing that I'm focusing on right now is just owning my audience. So, hmm. um, I also have a video on that, but, um, just being present. I know like, it's really hard to be like so active on social media all the time. Um, and it's hard to do, but, um, I think it's really important to build that community um, and have the people that listen to you really get a sense of who you actually are, being authentically you, unapologetically yourself, and yeah. just showing up and um, basically just sharing who you really are and telling a story. I think that is the thing that has helped me the most and what I'm focusing on doing mostly moving forward. Mm along with collaborating. And that, that's the other thing, collaborating with, with other artists has drastically helped. If you're thinking about numbers and growing, yeah. then collaborating with other artists, 100%, because it's a win-win for both of you. If you, hopefully you would genuinely enjoy working with the person and like their stuff, yeah. um, I hope, but that's another thing. That's definitely another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so two things you, you pointed out that I think would be worth diving into. Like everyone says this a lot, like, you know, build a community around music and everyone in comments I've seen when people say that they're like, what the heck does that mean? Well, what does it mean yeah. to build a community? So when, when you think of like building a community around your music, like what, what does that translate to in like the literal sense of what, what do you do on social media or whoever way you're, you're doing it? Yeah. Um, it translates to, the so for instance my youtube channel i think that's one of the best ways i could describe doing the owning the audience thing and what i mean by that is just sharing real experiences and giving back to to the people that listen to because there are people that want to learn how to do these things and if you can be there and help others and just like share your experience. I think mostly that's really what it is because, um, you know, the main point of my, ch my channel is to try and tell people that they're not alone in it because I know how lonely and how scary it is to pursue this. So I want my channel to be a sense of like a safe place where people can go and hear someone be just uh, like real about how hard yeah. it truly is and in that they're not alone in their experience because it can feel really freaking lonely um yeah. so yeah it's a good answer yeah basically just being honest and and being a, someone to talk to you want to feel i want to make like i hope that um i would be friends with the people that you know watch this stuff right right yeah. so it, on your channel you're kind of blending the education stuff for other artists with the stuff focused around your, your music. So you're kind of like incorporating educating artists with music fans and kind of blending them all together. 
what if someone was like, I want to build a community around my music without being like a content creator, without being like doing teaching stuff. Like, you know, they're still, they're willing to post on social media, but without doing teaching, um, I guess maybe, maybe I would think the alternative would be just talk about their own lives and their own experiences or what they struggle with. And like, I don't don't know. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah. If you don't want to be like, there's a lot of people that I've tried this in the past to, to like sharing more, um, like teaching things with actual production or writing lyrics and like things like that. If you don't want to do that, then I think just like, there are people that will love to just sit and watch people do their laundry on YouTube. There are people like that love just like live streams on Twitch, like gaming. I love that, you know, just watching people, live their lives authentically and it's really intriguing a lot of the time so i would say just whatever feels like the most natural to you you don't want to force anything of course but if you're just telling the story of your day or you know something you might experience in music or um, an opportunity that you might have gotten or something that you think other people might be able to relate to in a way but but not being something where like i'm telling you how to do this and do it this way yeah but more like, oh, this is what happened. And um, here I am. And, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Or just being like funny, personable. Yeah. So a I, lot of people gravitate to that. You're right. You're right. Because there, there's a lot of artists who will start like vlogs or blogs or something. And, and they just they just like talk about their day or, or they, um, you know, whatever else yeah. in their life. Or, or if they love video games, they might they might share some stuff about their games. Or if they struggle with like mental health issues, they might talk about that or um right that's right. a good answer and, yeah uh, people just want to know you yeah or you know um well that's that's the type of stuff i like i like to just like even if you're just like you know being a fool like i can be sometimes a lot of <laughs> just being like a goof people yeah. love that and or whatever like you're just sometimes it doesn't have to be so serious right especially on tiktok <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah. like the, the least serious thing yeah yeah and, and i'm the, such a fool on my tiktok <laughs> you, you you do blend a lot of like um i see you definitely do some trends but you're not you're not just like a lot of people think of tiktok and think of dancing cat videos trends but a yeah. lot of your videos on there are like what you do on youtube and then in between that i've seen a bunch of trends and silly stuff yeah so. i try to incorporate a lot of different things i'm still figuring out the the, the tiktok thing i would love to have us have more videos just like playing or you know doing like showing the music yeah um but i'm still figuring out the best way to do that <laughs> right, right <now>. <laughs> <laughs> so i talk a lot i talk a lot on uh, those youtube yeah. and tiktok right right uh another thing oh, did i just lose it in my head there was something else i was going to talk about after the community thing oh yeah the, the collaborating thing as a, as a as like a newer artist i guess um mm-hmm. Uh, how have you found the best way to like find people that you can collaborate with and um how can you kind of ensure that it's like a a worthwhile thing if you even think about that like you know some people focus on the numbers and some people just focus on like if they like the the music of the person that they're working with so how how do you handle collaborations there's a lot to ponder (laughs) when you are uh considering a collaboration that's for sure and you're sort of entering a very, um, especially if you don't know this person and you're collaborating remotely, 
you are just blindly hope it's just blind hope that you know something good will come out of it or whatever um because you don't know their work ethic you don't know if they're gonna follow through you don't know anything um and and you yourself too like are you a good collaborator or not you know there's just a lot of things that should or you know you have to consider but in my experience i want to do more collaborations i've only done a few but the ones Mm. i've done have been really worthwhile for me like with with child for an example like we i I plan on i well i hope that we continue to work together for the long run i've collaborated with drive who's like a really sick synth wave retro wave producer and that was funny funnily enough a um collaboration that happened because of tiktok Ah. so that's a good reason to be on it um (laughs) nothing else but um he uh reached out just because of he saw some things i was saying on tiktok and i'm really happy because embrace is the song we did and it's one of my favorite songs i've ever done so there's that and then i've done a few um i just released something with this artist chow boo um but not a lot of collaborations other than that so i think it's about um, really vibing with the music, first of all, and mm-hmm. then maybe building just a relationship, even if it's just a cyber relationship with that person, showing some support, um, and then trying it out if you're both down. And you know, if things work out, it, it's the best feeling in the world. And I've had plenty of collaborations that haven't. You know, you right. try something and it just doesn't work out, and that's. At first, it might be a letdown, but you're just like, you know, why why would it work with every single person? Of course it won't, you know? Yeah. So it's like a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just try it out and then, you know. It's- that's how, that's basically how my experience with Collapse has been. I've had plenty of ones sizzle out, um, but don't turn into anything. Yeah. And it's always a bummer, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. And then I think on my music, I've collaborated with two people, like, released through my name. I've done a bunch with, like, other side projects, but. Um, yeah. One happened from, like, they're both remote. So one guy's in Florida and the other one's in, like, Tennessee or something, somewhere in the south. Um, uh-huh. And I'm in Massachusetts, so, like, we've never... I, I did actually meet one of them at NAM in 2020. So that was cool to, to meet cool. them um, in person. Which is always fun. Like, I, I've got to meet a few people I know virtually in real life, and it's always such a weird thing because you don't never know how tall they're going to be. What, like, you know... Right. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, hey, so you're shorter than me. I thought you were going to be taller than me. <laughs> right, right. Um, Seriously. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. And uh, they like one of them I found um, through watching someone else's live stream. Like they were doing a music review stream and yeah. he had a song and I loved his voice and I hit him up on Instagram. And now we're trying to work on our second song. Um, that's amazing. It's, it's See, fun. sometimes it's just kind of as as fast as that. But that's sometimes it's rare. If you guys just click and you're like, let's work on a song and then it actually happens. Yeah. Damn, you know, like what a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like the cool thing is you turn into like cool friendships um, along the way. Like the, the people I work with, I chat a decent amount online. We do regular Zoom calls just to try to catch up or, you know, we help each yeah. other out. Um, I'll, I'll give them some like Facebook ad tips and they'll give me some like music production tips or do some video editing stuff for me and uh it's great. That's so great. <laughs> Someone just said Andrew looks dark and mysterious in this lighting. 
Thanks, man. <laughs> Don't I lighting different? I, I I do feel like I look darker. I don't remember my camera setting is off. Well, either way, I, I guess I'm down for dark and mysterious. It's fine with me. That's it's all right. That we that works. <laughs> uh, cool. So I think what we'll do. Let's look at the chat for a little bit, and then we'll get back onto like the um, back on track. So. Make Tech Shooter. I started listening to Lynx after finding her YouTube. The personal stories gave context to the music. So. Oh, cool. That's kind of wow. proof that what you're doing is working, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really cool. Thank you for, for, uh, for, uh, I wonder what, oh, on YouTube. Yeah, thanks for watching the YouTube videos. Sometimes I'm, it's scary to throw a lot of that stuff out there and you're like, I don't know, I'm like, you know, totally going to get judged, but whatever. At this point, when you do YouTube, it's like, you can't yeah. care. You don't like, yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool that you found me on YouTube. Thanks for, um, thanks for watching. Yeah. People can be really, really um, aggressive on YouTube. So yeah, you do have to have thick skin I know. <laughs> to get into it. Um, I've definitely had the occasional I mean, it's pretty rare, but like it's going to happen eventually where someone just says something horribly mean to you and you're just like, whatever, block, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. It happens. And yeah, just you really, why? Why even like think on it or let it fester at all? Because yeah, just imagine that person writing the comment and like yeah. in the cold, dark room that they are in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The cool thing is usually like other people in your audience will come in and defend you, um, which is always cool to see. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure uh, eric jr says uh taking notes use youtube to tell genuine stories around the music and not just a platform for dropping i like it yeah, yeah. definitely and then i apologize in advance by the way links but after this i'm deep diving your page and stealing all of your content ideas <laughs> okay <laughs> once it's on the internet it's free uh you can you can use it yeah. I hope it works out for you. It's, you know. And how do you balance making music and making content from Eric Jr.? That's actually oh, a really good question. That's a great question. So I, I guess officially, out of this um, live chat answering portion of the video, <laughs> official question, how do you balance making music and balancing your content? It's like really hard for me to do, honestly. Yeah. Um, my time management at this point especially because i do i don't have like a one day job and then do the music thing like for me my days are just so scattered and doing like so many things at once um that is sometimes really hard to schedule the time in a very productive way <laughs> to yeah. feel productive in, in in that sense of making both music and content and if I'm being completely honest with you right now, I feel as though more of my time has been spent making content than making actually actual music right now. And I want to be able to balance that out in a better way um, at the moment and for the long run. Um, but as I still figure certain things out um, and plus I'm adding on a few different jobs as well, uh, I would say, um, like, well, well, what I do when I do it right now is schedule, like I put very, um, I have a day scheduled for YouTube basically. So like mm. I'll do my YouTube and then while I, when I film YouTube, I usually do a few TikToks so I can like 
schedule them or post them a few days later. And then I'll have like a day of working on commissions and working on my own music. So it's sort of split it up into days and then like admin work I'll do on another day. Um, I don't do it by the hour really, but I try to just like uh, send my energy in very specific. Yeah. So you, um, it sounds like you, you batch work on everything. So like you'll, if you're working on videos, you'll shoot a bunch of videos, a bunch of TikToks all at once. If you're doing music, you might just sit down and do a bunch of music stuff at once. You're not like bouncing between them all like a, crazy person i try but i totally still bounce yeah (laughs) like if it came (laughs) off like i don't do that like i'm sorry i do i do bounce like i try to to have it all (laughs) schedule up but there's a lot of times where i'll just like do a commission then i'm like oh i have some time like i'll film a tiktok actually too and then i kind of like end up being a little crazy but yeah i don't know how do you how do you do it curious so for the longest time it's just I, I've just been insanely busy every day. So I, I think I, if you include everything that I work on, I probably work like 80 hours a week or something. So it's been it's been a lot. But what I've been doing recently in the past, I don't know, six months that have helped a lot is, is that batch creation. So when yeah. I sit down, like I think last week I sat down to work on YouTube videos and I shot five YouTube videos and five videos for my courses just in one sitting. Oh, so I spent like an hour and a half just filming and then a few days later, or basically like throughout the next week, whenever I had time, I could hop in and edit those videos. And I might edit a few at once. And then a few days later, edit the next one. And so it's like yeah. getting into the mindset of like filming and making content is kind of different from the mindset of editing. And that's different from the mindset of like Absolutely. making so thumbnails. And, um, I know. There's so <laughs> much that goes into just YouTube itself. Yeah. That's insane. You do... I've never done that. I've only done one YouTube video at a time just because that's such a big project for me. I don't know. Like editing, of course, is kind of like sometimes mindless and you're just kind of like editing the cuts out. But when you're talking about, I don't know, a specific thing, I feel like I only have like one thing, one topic in me at a time. And just like I'll go off and then like, okay, edit. Like The way that the thing that made that possible was that I, I started using a tool called ClickUp. It's like a free task scheduling tool. And so whenever I think of a YouTube idea, I just write it in there and I'll sit down once a week and I'll just brainstorm a bunch of video ideas um, based on comments, based on what what I'm working on. And then I'll um, I'll put some notes in each one. And that way, when I'm in like a filming mood and I have time to shoot a video, I'll just hop in and I'll try to bang out a few of them at once. Because since I've already thought of them, um, it's like they're just waiting for me to film. Um, Right. Prior to that, (laughs) it was one at a time, like I'd film... And then I would, um, like, I come with an idea, I'd film it, and then I would edit it, and then I would make the thumbnail, and then I would make the title and upload it. So now it's just, like, brainstorm ideas, film a bunch of stuff, later edit a bunch of stuff, later thumbnail and title a bunch of stuff. And that... Right. I did the same thing with, with social media now, um, starting this year. Like, TikToks, I'll sit down and just make, like, five. Yeah. Um, that seems to help. <laughs> it does, yeah. That's. I feel like that's the better way to do it or i don't know whatever works for you i feel like that would be a better way for me personally to to get it done uh for sure um yeah but you also upload a lot more youtube you you upload to youtube a lot i try (laughs) the the goal is uh twice a week um yeah i think you you do like once a week though don't you i was doing once a week for a while and then i've i've uh 
I do two, uh, every two weeks now. Okay. <laughs> Just I'm yeah. trying to, I don't know, maybe I'll get back up there, but I, I've started like the Patreon too. And then like, I'm trying to do reels and the, the TikToks and stuff as you know, we all are. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll get back up there once I can manage my time a little better, but as of right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess now that we're talking about YouTube, like, you, you have 2,200 subscribers on YouTube. So, like, yeah. what was the journey of growing your channel? And, like, what do you found helped the most? Like, how long has all this taken you to grow and all that? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. This So, that was a story. But basically, I had a YouTube channel before so i i changed my artist name to links like two years like a year ago mm. and so i had another you I, I used to go under my legal name which is sarah kendall and I, all my music was under there i had to undergo an artist name change and in at the time i did it youtube didn't allow you to transfer your subscribers over so uh. um as an independent artist so I had to start over on YouTube uh, like a year ago or whatever, whenever I started, it might've been a year or two ago. Um, but uh, I've, I uploaded so much more than I ever uploaded on my, my initial channel. I had 10 videos on my, my first channel um, and they were all performance, all originals and covers and stuff. It was very performance based. Um, so starting kind of over and uploading much more often the growth i'm still quite small but the growth has been a lot so much faster yeah um because i had my other other channel for like seven years and i think i was at about the same amount of subscribers that i'm at now um mm. and in my new channel yeah and you so, said that was like a year ago you you switched over a little more than a year yeah probably like a year and a half ago i started this channel growing to like two th two thousand plus subscribers in a in a year and a half is like actually quite good. A lot of people don't realize that because they see like Peter McKinnon going from like several thousand to several million in a year. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all over the place. I feel like consistency, like definitely uploading at least once a week, definitely helped that. Um, yeah. When I first started, like you know, they had, and doing it on like the same days, uploading on the same um, consistent schedule really helps growth on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, in it for, for the long run, I love doing YouTube. Um, and I think it really, um, helps build that. Like it's a very key part into, um, building community in, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I think so too. YouTube, like it's, there's no way to shortcut it. Like yeah. a lot of social media platforms, there's some way you can kind of like pay to play, like, especially Facebook, right? You can run a page oh like Oh my gosh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Oh, what a nightmare. <laughs> YouTube, like, they purposefully exclude all, like, the ad stuff. So, like, you can run ads on your YouTube videos, but you can't get monetized from running ads on YouTube ads. They specifically write, like, any watch hours you've gained from YouTube ads won't count towards your monetization requirements uh -huh. channel. So, like, they made it impossible to game, I think. But the, the cool thing is, like, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time to grow it, but I found that the, like, quality of people you get are, like, fantastic like yeah it's because how first of all i'm like how do you people even find me like it's it's really cool like you know that i don't know the algorithms are clearly you know reaching the right people yeah. and the videos are reaching people who need it so youtube does that really well for you and that's i'm so grateful for that yeah. um so yeah um 
Instagram quite like stresses me out a lot. Um, but like, and that's why I like with the Facebook ads, like that was the only way in which my Instagram kind of grew like really mm -hmm. fast. Um, but I, I don't know. I was paying for that and it was, yeah. it felt like, I don't know. I was, I was trying to get listens on my, my music and like build audience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of weird. It felt, felt kind of weird to do. Yeah. When I run the Facebook ads, it's always focused around like conversions to get people to stream, which yeah, I found to mine be. Mine too. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so you never had good. Well, I think in some of your videos you had good results, but you think you, you said you stopped doing it just because it was um, expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. It was too expensive for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for the, like the streaming, I just didn't feel as though I was, it was, um, it, and maybe I was setting them up in a way that wasn't optimal. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that had to have been the case, but, uh, yeah, I just kind of stopped. <laughs> well, if you want, I'll have to, uh, if you want, at least I can show you how I set them up. We can, we can talk about that another time. Um, yeah. you know, see if maybe you can get better ones working the second time, but, um, the Instagram side, like a lot of people ask me, like, should I run Facebook ads to promote my Instagram, to grow my Instagram? And mm -hmm. anytime I'm running like ads, I never try to grow on the social media, on like Instagram and Facebook. Cause like Facebook yeah. pull, has pulled out the rug so many times in the past where like Facebook pages used to be great for organic reach. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> no. And so they're going to do That's the same cool. thing with Instagram, like guaranteed they're going to do that. And so if you spend all this time gaining like a hundred thousand Instagram followers, you know, eventually it's going to become a point where only 1% of your followers are your post anyways. So it's like, who cares? I know. I know. It, it feels like that. Yeah. The, um, while I was running the Facebook ads, I, I didn't even know that that was going to be something that happened. I didn't realize it was going to grow my Instagram because, yeah. I, well, that's just not initially what I, what I thought was going to happen, but it did. And I was like, okay, freaking great. Yeah. And so when I, when it was happening, while I was running the ads, my engagement was extreme, like way higher than it ever had been. And the second I, I stopped doing the ads, I, I I had gained a lot of followers on my Instagram, but the engagement dropped. Yeah. And so I just feel like this kind of just looks dumb now. <laughs> like <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the Instagram follower growth I've always considered like a nice side effect, but it's like social yeah. media in general. Like, as you said, at kind of at the beginning of this, you're focusing a lot on owning your audience and you're owning like everything you do. Social media is the perfect example of just not owning your audience right because a lot all, of things are just straight up out of your control yeah yeah you're brawling bar and land like even right now on youtube it's like youtube could change anything whatever they could they could go bankrupt you know next week and um if yep. you don't have a way to reach out to your people or they don't have a way to find you through like a website um or mailing list then you're kind of screwed <laughs> yeah seriously yeah really important to have a website yeah do, do you do the um mailing list stuff at all I have one, but um, I have uh, never sent <laughs> one out. <laughs> but I do have one um, yeah. that I, I have it on like Mailchimp. I have to like look yeah. at who's signed up there. But um, I really should start uh, actually sending stuff out. I, I do yeah. the Patreon thing, but it is different, um, obviously. So like email is something that you would just like totally see. Um, yeah. Patreon's a good kind of alternative to that. Um, yeah. how have you found that to be Patreon so far? Um, I recently just started truly trying to, um, 
grow it. I had it for a little bit, but I never posted about it. Um, it's hard to post about it, or it was hard for me to say like, hey, and you like subscribe to this. But hmm. now I just my mentality is completely shifted. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, if you want to support, uh, if you listen to the music and you're interested, then yeah, this is an option that you have. And that's all, you know, if you want to just yeah. like dive deeper into to some of the like behind the scenes or like work in progress or how I mix or how I produced or something, then there's there's something that you can check out. And um, it also would help me support, you know, support what I do and, and yeah. make more of it. And if it helps you or benefits you, then I think it's a, a good a good little thing. But yeah, yeah. Um, my Patreon is very small. I'm trying to um, grow the grow it though i've uh, done yeah. a youtube video on it to just just telling people that that's an option or other artists that there's an option yeah them. so what, what kind of um so i mean you mentioned some of the content that you put on there so it's like mo is it largely behind the scenes um maybe like i guess behind, i don't know what else i would describe it as but behind the scenes kind of like it's the same stuff you're putting out at other places but just like more of it that they can't access anywhere else but the patreon yeah, so I I did haven't done a lot of behind the scenes. It's mostly demo, like it's mostly unreleased music. So okay. or works in progress to like show you the journey that the song takes to get to its final form. And I've yeah. done like I did a video, like a thirty minute long video with with Child about how we made Cannonball, the song that you listened to, and that just went over the production, how we did the vocals, how we the ideas behind it so just that sort of thing like more educational things of like how to make a specific song and then also yeah. i do like little vlogs and and blogs and kind of just share more personal stuff sort of that being like the, the this is who i am the you know yeah. unedited sort of thing nice that sounds cool a, a lot of people ask me like if they should if they should do something like that because like, i have a patreon for this channel um and it's different with this channel than music, right? Because like the music content's not, you know, it, it's I, I don't have everything integrated like like you do. I have mm -hmm. it like split apart in a way where like I have a separate, I have Andrew Southworth channel and I have Andrew Southworth music channel. I have Andrew Southworth TikTok, Andrew Southworth music TikTok. So yeah. um, I used to have them combined, but then I found half my audience like hated every other video. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's so it. Yeah. So do you find that splitting them apart is, has made things a little better for you or? Yeah. When I decided to commit to doing like mostly music marketing businessy type content, my channel like doubled in growth or more than doubled. Wow. And then, so I, I think it was a win, but I think like, you, you know, you're not the only person who kind of has, has successfully mi mixed them. Like, I think it's working well for you, but like also Adriel Rivera, I don't know if you know who he is. Um, he has a channel and he also kind of mixes together the artistry stuff with the education stuff and like behind the scenes stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and there's, there's a bunch of other examples, but like you can do it. But for me, it, I, I don't know the path that I took myself down for YouTube. It was like, I, my audience was fragmented between people who want this, people who want this. So like every other time I posted a video, it was like half the people were upset, <laughs> you know, that, that I wasn't yeah. putting the thing that they wanted. And, um, I still get comments to this day from people like, when are you going to do your next screaming lesson? Because I used to do screaming yeah. vocal lessons um, on this <laughs> channel. Awesome. And I'm like, I'm not going to. 
Like I, right. I can't. At right. This point. Yeah. Like at this point, like throwing something up there like that would probably, but, but also, I don't know. I, a lot of people probably wouldn't agree with me on this, but I just like, I'm the same way with the type when you, when you like talk about genre or whatever of music, yeah. there's a lot of people that are, are like, what are you doing? Like, why are you releasing like some sort of dream pop thing? And then like an industrial cinematic piece, yeah. you know? And like, they're like, okay, maybe you should have different projects for these. There are different artist names for the, for the, the music. And I've tackled and like kind of really had to think about that for so long to figure out like, oh, like I get it, but also I just want to do, I just don't, I want to be like genreless, you know, yeah. whatever, like sure. Like marketing wise, that's not going to be great, but also that's just what I have chosen to do. And you know, yeah. like maybe at some point they'll be like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> but for me, like, that's just simply, I just want to do what I want to do. So. Yeah. So. I, I've been bad about the music genre stuff to and I, I do draw the line like I, i'll have some songs that are almost like poppy with some electronic and a little more rock style vocals and then i'll have some stuff that's like straight up edm um yeah. and but i found that that works fine but like i also have some side projects that are like metal that mm -hmm. i wouldn't even consider dropping on mine because it would be too too much of a shock so like i have a bunch of side projects for that reason so like there's Andrew Southworth, there's Murder Night, there's Day Four, there's Code Talker, there's Lo-Fi. I have all these like side projects so that when, mm -hmm. I, when I'm making music that like I love making, but it doesn't fit under my name, at least I can still put it out. Um, yeah. But I think what you're doing is like everything's close enough, like, because you, your, your voice is still you, you know? Yeah, the, vo the voice is the one unifying factor of it all. Um, yeah. And your writing so. style, your lyric style, your, your branding, your video style, like... Um, I checked out a few of your songs and while they can be quite different, like they all sound like they're from the Lynx universe, you know? Well, it's good. Okay. So it's <laughs> the, the fact that you say that, okay. It gives me some confidence. Yeah. I, I think it's a, the big cohesion is like your, your vocals. Like you, yeah. you do with like a few particular types of things that sound unique. And so no matter what song you're doing, it like, it all still sounds like you, you know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully that's that that's the same for me. <laughs> yeah, are, probably. Yeah. I mean, if you're singing on the tracks, then yeah, yeah. usually that's. Except for yeah. one, which ironically is my most popular one. But maybe that's why it's the most popular. <laughs> We're interesting. Yeah. So unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. It can be. Uh, all right. Let's let's look at some chat stuff. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on. Have you guys used TubeBuddy by any chance, or do you have an opinion on it? Yes, I use it. Do you use it? I used to. Um, I still have it. I used to pay for it, though. Um, now I switch to Morning Fame, which um, I don't have my affiliate, link my affiliate link handy. If I did, I'd throw it in the chat. <laughs> um, yeah, that's because I, I, I pay for TubeBuddy, but I, I do the version that's like nine, it's like nine dollars a month. Yeah. TubeBuddy was nice, but Morning Fame, um, I don't know. For some reason, the way that they their keyword research tool is like phenomenal. Like it, it tells oh, yeah. you like based on the size of your channel, um, for like this particular thing you're doing. When you you can put in like the title, you can fill in your description, you fill in your tags, and it tells you like what are the the like out of a scale of zero to a hundred percent, what's the chances that this video will perform well for a channel your size? And it, it, everything's really clear and. It tells you like what time of day, 
like it'll every time a video you upload it gives you a report three days later and it tracks what time you uploaded it so you can know like when you upload videos at different times how do they perform like what videos do people like the most and so i don't know tubebuddy that's I, awesome uh, yeah and i think it's cheaper i think it's i think it's 9.99 a month but it has all the features of like tubebuddy's 20 dollars a month thing um, oh okay okay so, so I'm, I, yeah i'm paying for the version of tubebuddy that's like not the 20 dollars yeah. one but um, I'll have to check out Morning Morning Fame. Yeah, it's like Morning Fame, but it's like .me. So that it's like morningfa.me. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been using that for, for since like early 2020 or so. And um, that's also when my channel started really picking up. So I, I think it was just a coincidence when I switched. But I, I yeah. really like it. Like I genuinely like it. I, I pay for it too. So it's, this isn't like a sponsored thing. <laughs> Um, oh, that's good. It's good to know. Like, I really yeah. like TubeBuddy. Um, yeah. I think they do something similar with the the size of your channel, like how it's going to do comparatively. But um, I, I don't know about the reports. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. think I get like a video report. Or I think TubeBuddy it. has something like it, but it's not as fleshed out as Morning Fame's. And um, I think Morning Fame is a one month free trial as well. Um, okay. So it's pretty, you know, everyone can check it out and decide if they like it. Yeah, good to know. Uh, cool. Where did I? I just lost my place in here. <laughs> email uh, it. Oh, yeah, email list stuff. Oh, that was probably from back when we were talking about email lists. I feel like this conversation is moving towards email lists. Seems like email and website are the only consistent ones through the years. Um, I remember you put out a poll about making an email list video, and I was, like, the only one who voted for it. <laughs> uh. I'm definitely going to make an email list video because I do a lot of email marketing. Like a lot of it's for my, not for my artist stuff. I do have like 250 email list subscribers for my music specifically, but for like mm -hmm. the business side of things, for the music marketing and everything, it's like 4,000 people. So wow. like I think in the past month I've sent 7,000 emails. Oh so I do that pretty heavily. So yeah, that's clearly it's being, it's been very successful for you. Yeah. And it's cool. Like in the past, um, this was for when I was running like my sample pack business, but I remember when I was doing it, like every month launching new products, if like I was about to go on vacation and I wanted some money before I went on vacation, I would just email my list with a sweet discount code and make like a hundred bucks. And then like, Oh cool. Spending money for the weekend. Um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> so it can be really, you couldn't do that on social media. Like if you dropped like a post no. with a link to buy a product, like Facebook and Instagram would just like throttle that post so hard. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The email list. I, I don't know, but what, I wonder how it would be like as a, as an artist. I don't know a lot of, or I don't have, I'm not signed up to artists email lists if they have, I don't know anyone who has them. I'm sure they exist. Yeah. Um, a lot of the big artists are bad about it. Um, yeah. I know a lot of smaller artists that, like, their list consistently gives them a good amount of cash flow. Um, like, I talked to Jesse Gillen Walters on this channel. He sells, like, hundreds of CDs per month, and email is the most common way he sells them. Um, hmm. So there are people doing it, but I think it's also just, like, an engagement thing. Like, you're keeping people in your, in your bubble, in your, like, universe. Absolutely, yeah. 50 email subscribers who actually read every time is probably worth more than 500 followers on every platform yes yep absolutely i would definitely say <laughs> genre is more blurry than ever you can change your sound a lot before it becomes too much 
Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly I'm I'm doing that. <laughs> so on on the um switching gears here on the Spotify side of things, like you so you've tried playlisting, you've tried Facebook ads, you've you do a lot of organic stuff. You already said kind of what you think is the best approach that's been the most valuable, but like specifically for Spotify, mm. which thing moved the needle the most, you think? What moved the needle is um I, I got lucky. I had a, a stroke of luck and that's the only, <laughs> one of the only reasons my, my Spotify got that first initial push was because I'll just, I've said this be before publicly, but I'll say it again. But um, basically my sister had this unofficial, well, people thought it was the official game soundtrack to Life is Strange. <laughs> do you know that video game? Life yeah, is yeah, I do. Okay. So there was like, I don't know, as a small artist with no fault, I had, it was right when I started putting out music, she put my first few songs on there, I think. Um, or no, it was the Comply EP. I have this five song EP that has definitely been the most successful of my, my tracks besides yeah. a song I have called Love You More. But I think that was also put on it. <clears throat> but basically my sister put my songs on that playlist. <laughs> And it had about, I don't know, 35,000 followers. <clears throat> and it, um, I wonder if it's like the Reddit same about it. Life is Short playlist that, that I was on. Because yeah. at some point I got play back when I was trying playlisting a lot, I got on a Life is, um, Life is Strange playlist. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm, I'm like scrolling my Spotify. I don't see it, but I have to dig around and find it. But I, I got okay. on a playlist that was like, it was like the, it was like the Life is Strange soundtrack. And it was for like the first season or episode of the game wait that's really did, interesting so, uh, i, I don't wonder know if, if, she, if she does curation too like does she let people pitch to her playlists uh no maybe it's just another one then <laughs> i mean it's a popular maybe. game but it's just kind of funny um, yeah and this was like many years back yeah when that first game I came out found it let me let me open it up hold on <laughs> that'd be funny if it's the same one is her that spotify is name isn't gabacus to dip that's not it right <laughs> <laughs> maybe because she life is changed. strange before the storm soundtrack is what it's called now i think the, the name changed before it used to have the original video game okay i don't know because i'm pretty sure she's changed it a bunch and now it's like <laughs> because she was found out that it wasn't the actual official one so she had to change uh, it or be, be, yeah when you find out let me know this that would be hilarious if it's like this yeah i will i will I've somehow yeah, talked to your <laughs> sibling <laughs> yeah like the algorithm was just tricked because people just thought they were like, oh, what does this mean? Like, what's going to happen in yeah. the video game now that, like, that's going to be the mood of it? And then people were like, oh, my God, who's this art? Like, yeah. it was just luck. It was a very extremely lucky situation. And that's how, like, fantasies and, like, comply um, yeah, that's got like a, on Discover Weekly. That's a million streams between the two of those. Yeah. Yeah, that EP, that EP has a lot of streams. Um and they were brief, they weren't on the playlist for like an incredibly long amount of time, but it was enough to just trick the algorithm. And, and, and still today I get, I get a lot of streams on those songs daily, at least at like a thousand yeah. per day. Um, and I just think it's because now it's on radio and all the algorithmic playlists, just yeah. that. no, no, um, there's well complies on an editorial playlist. That's the only song I've, ever had on an editorial playlist um so it, yeah. it got on an editorial playlist so i maybe because of that i don't know 
Yeah. Uh, I, I've only had one song ever get on an editorial. It got on two, and one of them was like Bass Arcade, and then there was a smaller one that's still on. And um, I don't know, it gave me like 70,000 streams, but like the song is yeah. 170, so it didn't even make up half of what the song has now. Um, oh, wow. So editorial yeah. playlists seem to be not as good as a lot of people think they're going to be. But maybe no, if... Discover Weekly is like so much better. I, I don't know. In yeah. my experience, I have like most of my streams come from there. Same. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Um, I think 30 percent of my streams are algorithmic in general. Um, yeah. But most of that is Discover Weekly. 64 percent of my streams come from listeners own playlists and library. So that's like people who saved my song in the past. Just 60%? 64. So it's like... Wow, that's a, yeah, that's a lot. So like basically wow. the cool thing with that is like if I stopped running all ads and Spotify kicked me off all of my algorithmic playlists and editorial playlists, I would still have 64% of my listeners. That's amazing. Um, yeah, mine is... Mine's the listeners own playlists and libraries 43%. That's still really good. So that means if, if everything failed you tomorrow, 43% of your listeners, like they're still going to they're still going to listen. It's not like they're going to stop listening to you because you're not an, at Discover Weekly anymore, right? Right, right, yeah. Only 4% of my streams comes from Spotify editorial. 4% come from my profile. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> my, mine's only 8, but I'm I'm in between um, releases. Like when I have a new release out and I'm running a bunch of ads to it, there's a lot more from your profile and catalog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. I forget what I was just going to say. What were you just talking about before that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was asking you what, what moved the needle the most for you, and you said you, you, you lucked out with that playlist when you started. <laughs> um, yeah, literally. That's And I think that is – well, so this is the thing. So I was also under a different name that entire time. Uh, so when I changed my artist name, everything hit the fan, and the algorithm stopped – for, for a while, it was really hard for me to transfer my releases over to the new name. It was like this shit show. Um, yeah. But once that actually happened, then the algorithm, luckily, it just went back to normal and just started just <laughs> sending people to my new page. Yeah. But at first, I had none of the none of that support for my older page. So I was just starting from scratch, and that was really freaking hard. Um, so like, wow, <laughs> most people, <laughs> when they start, and there's no support, you know, you're just kind of like... Uh, can you guys listen, please? <laughs> you know, um, so I had to do go through that too. But then, luckily, I, I, I had very little listeners when I when I changed my name. But then, once all my old music transferred over to the new page, it um it the algorithm started kicking in again. Hmm. Did, um, do you do did you go through DistroKid for dis distribution yes. or so? Like, did you do the name change through them or is it a Spotify thing? I had to do it through them through okay. DistroKid. So and I, I was doing it during a time where it, it isn't as updated. It wasn't as updated, yeah. but like and, and cohesive as a process as it is now. But I did it before you could just be like edit the artist name. Like uh, I had to like do all this. this I have. I if you guys are going through that, I have a bunch of video, two videos uh, on that on my YouTube channel. <laughs> good. Yeah, I've had people ask me about it. And I don't know. I've never changed an artist name. Um, I, you're the second person I know of that did it. Someone else I had on this channel changed it. Um, yeah. And it was weird for him because he had like 150,000 monthly listeners or something and he changed his name. And all that. So it was like weird because like he had, he, he's been making music for like 20 years or something. So like his music 
like volume took a while to transfer. So like the old one was like slowly shrinking down to zero and the other one was like slowly growing back up. Yeah, that's how it, that's how it worked. Yeah, for mine too. Cause as like, as the listeners were getting, you know, uh, leaving my older page, they were just gaining on the other one. So it was, yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird. Interesting how it, well, how it all the followers moved over, I'm guessing as well, right? Sorry, did all, all the, the followers, yeah. Spotify okay. was able to easily just shift the followers over. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. I was so afraid. But the, the old so one scary. still exists, right? The old one does It does, does exist, and I can't so. get rid of it because I have features that went through a label uh, yeah. on that page and I, I'm not allowed to take them down so or, or shift them over to the new name because Apple Music yeah. like doesn't allow it. Um, Oh, and so hairy. because I can't delete those releases, the page exists, <laughs> but yeah. it's a dead. You have one monthly listener, which I wonder I how you do. Cause you no, have no, because there's no music, there's no music. Like how do you have one monthly listener on there? It's so weird. Well, well now, what's weird is now I'm following you as um, Sarah Kendall on Spotify. <laughs> you have 45 followers as Sarah Kendall on Spotify. <laughs> See how, why? Like how, uh, well, yeah. I don't know. The, for weird. some reason, sometimes the music, the older music, when it comes up, it still shows up under my old name. And oh, then really? when you click the name, it goes to links. That's annoying. So I think it's just, I don't know, some metadata error. But yeah. <laughs> so how often do you release new music? Um, I was trying... For last year and and before I was doing um, well last year I was doing a song a month which is a lot yeah um, and lot. I have not been able to continue that um, 2020 I released an album so it was all just like um, in one but 2021 I was doing literally a single a month uh, but I I burned out really quick yeah so now um, I I try to release I, I don't know I have about like 50 songs at this point because I do some commissions too and stuff like that and features on other people's stuff mm -hmm. um but I release fairly often I think this the next batch um it's going to be an album so it's going to take it's been taking a long time so I'm not mm -hmm. sure when the next single or whatever is going to be ready to lead up to the album but um I was releasing quite frequently yeah have you noticed any difference between um, like when you dropped that album in 2020 versus releasing the singles monthly in 2021? Yes. Well, this is the thing. So when I released the album, I didn't have the support of my old music on my page. So uh, the album did like it kind of, <laughs> I'm not going to say it flopped, but <laughs> it, it didn't get that many streams because at that time I had like no list, uh, followers on the new page. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I wouldn't be able to give you a solid, um, like if I were to, once I drop an album on this new page with the support of my yeah. other listeners, maybe um, it would be a more uh, valid and uh, honest way to answer that question. But uh, yeah, of course, releasing singles is going to just continuously drive traffic to your page. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know, an album, I think, is just at that point, like you release it just because you want to release a cohesive full project, knowing that, sure, it, like, yeah, your streams probably would be more if you're releasing it separately. Yeah, I, I'm planning on doing a sing an album in the next, like, couple months, but it's just going to be an album that's 
the last two years of singles combined. Yeah, I mean, so exactly. It's, it's kind of. It's just gonna be like, like I don't know. I almost thinking of like a milestone benchmark, like album releases, but it's essentially just everything I've done the last two years thrown together with like a couple new songs, and then move on to the next single after that. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a great idea. I, I think of it like that too. Like I think an album is so special. Like I know, like like I'm happy I have an album out. Like I, I'm really happy about that. Um, yeah. Just, just because it's a cohesive, like a full, just world, you know. I, yeah. I think that's, I, I'm into that, um, that thing, that sort of thing. Um, because yeah. I do a lot of singles. I do mostly singles, but um, I'm ready to to release a, a, a project. Yeah, albums are um, like when I listen to music, I I'm, I'm the kind of person I'll, I'll click the first song in an album and let the whole thing play. A lot of people are yeah. not like that, especially non-music artists. They'll, they just want to hear one single from this artist, and then they don't even want to hear another song from the same artist after that. They want to hear a different artist. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, Release Creator on all those, like the Discover Weekly, which is how a lot of people listen to music and find new music. It, it's just set up like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. Someone just asked if we do submit up. <laughs> So I don't know I, your experience with that. I, so I, I do use a little bit of Submit Hub for every release, but it's literally oh, yeah. like yeah. 50 bucks or something. And um, mm -hmm. so I do relatively small. The thing with Submit Hub that a lot of people don't realize is like if you're getting rejected 90% of the time, that's actually good. Like that's like <laughs> a 10% acceptance rate is actually a good rate for that kind of thing. And that, this isn't like just Submit Hub. Submit Hub, Playlist Push, organically reaching out to curators like getting accepted 10% of the time is actually like good. <laughs> um, Gosh, I know, I know it's, it's just wild. I mean, it, it exactly. Like, there's just so much, much music all the time that it's yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, I'm also a curator on cement hub because I have my own playlist oh. and, um, okay. I reject most of the stuff. Like I reject, I try to get as many artists in my playlist as I can. But I still reject 70% of all the songs. Um, yeah, because and, I'm sure just the volume of music you're getting is like yeah. just simply too much. Most of the time, it's not bad music. It's mm -hmm. just that the music, I don't have a spot for it. Like someone will send me like, you know, for example, I have like a modern pop and EDM playlist. I have like a chill out EDM playlist. I have a catchy rock and metal playlist. So if someone sends me a very heavy metal song, if it doesn't have a catchy hook in it, it doesn't fit in my only rock and metal playlist. If if you submit a song to me that's more like like super experimental, I I might like it, but I might not have a playlist for it because I'm doing more like electronic e pop. So mm -hmm. most of the time, I'm telling people like this is really good, like it's got great vocals, it's got great hook, but like this just doesn't. I don't have a place for it. Yeah, and that's honest, and yeah, it's it's true. Unfortunately, a lot of the curators on there. Um, suck like telling people. oh my god so many i i laughed at like at first it got to me like because i've been i used to use submit have all the time on the older stuff and some of some of the responses i got were just like comical at, like just yeah. so mean that it was just like same yeah i've had people say like <laughs> lol what the hell is this or whatever and it's like and i, I just Why record them like, cause you can, you can go to like the, the people on the site and, and basically telling them like they're not, they're not so like submit hub in the back end They have a lot of stuff in there on to like keep the quality high, 
So like if someone's being a douchebag, like if you told this VidHub team, they would be very grateful you told them because it makes them look bad, you know, when they have yeah, curators right. that are like, this is trash, LOL, or whatever, you know, like it's, yeah. it's not supposed to be like that. Um, right. Right. Um, but it, it is. It, it is, is just like that. <laughs> I've, I've gotten so much stupid feedback. Like someone rejected my song because it wasn't out yet. It's like that's the, that's like the whole point. Like it, it says I know, when the it, whole point. <laughs> They're just like looking for reasons just to like not like they want to listen. They'll listen to like five percent of the song, maybe just yeah. be like, nope, like yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, so it's rough. But like playlist push, which doesn't get a lot of the same pushback as um, submit hub, it's exactly the same in the back end. Mm -hmm. um, the feedback can be just as questionable, except you're paying five times more for it. Um, <sighs> Man, yeah, I've never used Playlist Push. Uh, playlist Push will pay curators between $1.25 and $15 per song they listen to. <laughs> Submit Hub only pays $0.50 cents to $1.50. So if you use Playlist Push, you're paying five to ten times more for the same service. The same thing. Um, mm. Now, there's different curators on there, um, so you'll, you, know, you might have better luck in it, but... Um, I think it's more designed for towards like labels in general because like they don't want to comb through submit hub and find them they just want to give a company some money and then just like get on some playlists but yeah are you going to spend five thousand dollars pitching your music to playlists and playlist push no no absolutely not universal i don't even like know. submit anymore i don't like i just i don't know maybe maybe uh there'll come a time when that happens again but for now i just simply cannot be bothered anymore. yeah <laughs> I stopped you know? for a while, at least for playlisting. Like I, I focused on blogs for like six months. Yeah. Um, just because I wanted to get like, I can run Facebook ads for my Spotify. Um, I can't run Facebook ads to get blog coverage or YouTube channel coverage or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What about Playlister Club? Have you heard of that? No, I don't know. That I think I've never used it either. I've heard of it. Um, I think it's a similar thing to Submit Hub, but only Spotify playlists. Oh, okay. Apparently the interface is strange. If music yeah. is trash, it's trash, lol. At least some folks are honest. That's what matters. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I've had people tell me in, in one thing, um, it's like some people say, wow, this mix and master is phenomenal. Um, but I, I didn't, you know, it doesn't fit in my playlist. Then I'll have another one that says like the mixing and master in this is terrible or whatever. And then I've had like some comments will get back. Wow, I love the vocals on this. They're phenomenal. I'll get another one that says, I really just hate your voice. So it's like right, I have so right. many yeah. contradictions with it that most yeah, people... Yeah, it's just so subjective. Yeah. You know, I've totally been, I've been told like your voice is just so annoying or um, <laughs> you like that kind of thing or... Um, yeah. I just don't like your voice, man. <laughs> yeah. But okay, sure. I mean, I, I I don't like Ariana Grande's voice, but she's a fantastic singer. Right, so, right. Same like Rihanna, I don't really like. I mean, I like the sound of Taylor Swift's voice. I like I like the sound of um. I'm blanking on vocalists, but you know, it's like there's some vocalists that are really famous that I just don't like the sound of their voices, or whatever. Like. I can't stand yeah, Nicki Minaj. Yeah, it's not to say that they're, like, not talented. <laughs> they're so incredibly talented. It's just not your... Yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. And, and like, yeah. some people love some artists and other people hate them, and that's kind of normal. So, you know, if right. it's not like 
like yes some music is objectively like i mean music can be objectively badly executed for sure but most of the time if you're getting to the point where you're submitting your music online you're probably reasonably good at it i hope there's definitely yeah. some people where i'm like you probably shouldn't be sharing this stuff yet like let it yeah. cook for a little while longer but yeah yeah this is most I'm people sure. are... i've never done it i've never like been a playlist curator and like that sort of thing or... yeah so you went to college for music um yeah did you go to like a, a fancy school like berkeley or or mi or anyone or <laughs> i did i went to berkeley yeah oh nice i almost went um i got accepted for their music recording thing but i could yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah the only reason i could go was because of a scholarship i i did not I guess I was not talented enough to get one. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't even think that's what it, like, I don't Sometimes I think it was like the interview or something, or I don't know, like, they just kind of like gave them out. Like, hmm. I don't know. I don't really know this, the, the story, but. Um, what, what was your. Was like, um, you have a scholarship. I was like, okay. What was your focus? Or major? Um, it was songwriting and, um, well, so I. I uh, majored in like the contemporary writing. I, I went in for contemporary writing and production, but I ended up focusing on like the vocal, the vocal performance and songwriting. Yeah. Um, so my instrument was voice. Oh, cool. Do, do you think going to, to music school was like worth it in the end? I actually do um, in my case, because I'm such a, um, I had a lot, like I'm such an introvert or when I was that age, I was just so socially awkward, socially anxious. And I feel like if I wasn't literally forced into a room with like other people that made music, I don't know how it would have looked for me at this point. Hmm. I, I don't know. Um, but I think just being around other musicians and in just an atmosphere where you just simply had to do it to, I don't know, pass or whatever. Um, the people I met, um, I think that that made it worth it for sure. And also just like different things like improv, like ear training and like improv and just being confident in what you're doing as well as building that community with other musicians in the area. I do think, um, yeah. but it doesn't get, it did not prepare you for what was to come. That's for sh freaking sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I no, would imagine like, sure you had to sing, but you know, to apply and actually make a career out of it. No. Yeah. I've heard that that complaint from other people who've gone to school for music, not not even specifically at Berkeley, but to like any music program. That when they when they're done with the degree, it's like they have all these skills, but they have zero idea of like how to actually make money with those skills. Apply them, yeah, exactly. And I went at a time like I graduated in two thousand and sixteen, so the it was just such a different world back then with like music yeah. or whatever spotify was that even a thing like i don't know i think i joined released yeah. right when spotify like kind of started <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah or you know when it was still new so right. yeah it's just, and the music has changed so time. yeah it's like like just I, like, 10 never years even ago. used instagram in, in yeah. college <laughs> instagram reels didn't exist tiktok didn't exist i think um what was the short one before Vine? I think Vine was popular in 2016. Yeah, Vine was a thing, but it was like barely like 
Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't anything like, like it was Facebook. Facebook was the way to communicate. Um, and pages like you were talking about before, like that's how you, now I get like no one, I, I don't even know if people know I have a page on like freaking Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, even in, even in like, you know, five years, things, things change so much. It's nuts. That's yeah. the year I graduated from college as well. 2016. Mm-hmm. Oh. Where, where, did, so. hmm? Quincy? Oh no, I said twinsies as in like, Oh, twinsies. <laughs> where, where did you go? Did, so you I, went for mechanical engineering. Yeah. 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 So I, I um, got my bachelor's in 2016 with mechanical engineering at just like the local university, UMass Lowell. And then, um, went back for my master's and I have a master's in mechanical, but, um, yeah. Now the, the cool thing like with that is that that field is like so good at training people how to get jobs because at the end of the day, it's like all about the money in that industry. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's, it's a higher paying out of college kind of thing. And they teach you in school. Like I remember having a class that was just <laughs> focused around like stuff that's relevant in the workplace. And there's a lot of stuff I don't use from college. And there's a lot of stuff that I had to learn on like while working, but um, mm-hmm. I think music education could kind of learn from those fields where like they have really good co-op programs. They, they have dedicated classes telling people like how you should interact with employers and interviews. And, um, from what I've heard, Berkeley doesn't really do that at all or, or other music colleges either. Yeah, no, there was none of that. Part of me is like, Oh, I wonder if like, you know, if I were to have majored in music marketing, but also all of that would have been irrelevant by now, (laughs) Yeah, you know, of course. So, no like whatever it's just yeah one of those things where you kind of just have to throw yourself out there and just because who has the answer like i don't know like how do they how would you even teach that i guess like saying like talking about the things that we talk like are talking about now i guess just like throwing around ideas and see what you mean you mean the music marketing aspect of it or do you mean the um, yeah yeah yeah. well i guess they they could I guess it would at least be relevant to like bring in outside people who are actively oh, yeah. in the industry. Like, I mean, uh, you know, the, these interview videos, they're never like my, the most popular thing on my channel, but the mm-hmm. people that watch my channel a lot, they love these because they get to hear like new perspectives from artists who are actively in the grind and, and pushing with this stuff. Right. So like yeah. even, even bring in some like to bunch of Berkeley students, bringing you into the classroom to talk about what you're doing, what, what sucks, what's great. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe once a week, bring in someone like you at all these different levels, you know, someone who just started a year ago, someone who has like, they live off, you know, they have like hundreds of thousands of fans and just like pull these people in and just like have them talk about the music industry. At least I think. Seriously. Yeah. That would have been super helpful. And like, they have the resources, like they could just reach out to the graduates, pay them. You oh know, Yeah paying like 500 bucks to come in and talk for an hour. A lot of people would do that. Yes. If they call me up, I'd be like, yep. Yeah. Right there. I mean, they can afford to give a, 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 a person to talk like a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks to come in and talk for an hour. Like a lot of people would probably do it for free just to help out their college. You know, I mean, seems obvious, yeah. <laughs> but maybe yeah. Berkeley, I don't know. Maybe they don't care. They're, maybe they're, like they're, honestly yeah maybe they're just swimming in the cash and they just don't give it they to are them. they certainly are that's for sure 